We're almost there, hockey heads. Another day closer to puck drop on the upcoming season, which means we're getting very serious on the Wednesday episode of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Big-time special guest Michael Amato is here to break down all the targets and players you need to fade. Jeremy Swayman, Philip Gustafson, Troy Terry, and all the arbitration news you need. Thank you for joining us. Let's get this paper. Your Locked On Fantasy Hockey, your daily podcast on fantasy hockey. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? And happy hump day. Another day of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Off-season coverage continues with a big-time episode. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started on today's episode. Hopefully you're seeing it there on the graphic on YouTube. If not, make sure you head over to the channel and subscribe. Philip Gustafson, Jeremy Swayman, not so much Troy Terry because we're waiting for the news there steal. But there are some major arbitration settlements already happening. And I think this means big time things for fantasy goaltending markets. We'll break it down on today's episode. And of course, we're joined by fantasy guru, goaltender specialist, Mr. Michael Amato of sportsnet.ca to break it all down. Steel, I'm so hyped to have him on. This is so timely. Players to target, players to fade, and we'll pick his brain on those topics I just mentioned. I'm so excited to have Amato back on the show today. Well, he is the goalie expert for a reason, and we got two goalies to talk about, Philip Gustafson and Jeremy Swayman, two young goaltenders, very promising goaltenders for that fact, uh, in the NHL. So obviously it's great to have Michael Amato on uh, every single time we can get him onto the podcast. And thank you guys so much for tuning in every single day. Remember, we are shortened down in August, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Three times a week is when you can find our episodes. Let's get Michael Model on for today's episode. And we are joined by the fantasy guru, sportsnet.ca, and of course, goalie post managing editor, Mr. Michael Amato. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. This is a special time in the fantasy realm because GMs that are dedicated to getting this money are already digging into the trenches, players to watch, players to fade. They're all over the news that's breaking, and that's where we want to start with today's episode. But first of all, how are you doing? And thank you so much for joining us. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Now, now that the pleasantries are over, we're keeping <laughs> it short and sweet there. Philip Gustafson, this is a player that we're going to have to dive into because it's clear to me and I think to everyone here, the crease is his in Minnesota, and this is a good defensive team. Last year, I believe they were in you know top seven, top eight on goals against per game. What's your take on this signing and his overall fantasy value headed into next season? So I think Gustafson's going to be a really good goalie to, to roster, obviously, next year. Um, I think he might be, you might see him a little bit lower in some rankings than you might think, just because, um, yeah, I do think he's probably the 1A now. But if you sort of look back to the end of last season, I, I think like Flurry actually finished pretty strong and, they, and mm-hmm. they still split starts quite regularly, even in that playoff series against Dallas. I think Flurry got like a couple of games in there um so like i'm not entirely convinced gustafson's gonna give you like 55 to 60 games i think he might be closer to like 45 to 50 
Um, but obviously, if he has the numbers he had last year, that's still pretty incredible value. Um, and definitely a guy you're going to want to have around, even if he is only playing that that amount of games, because his numbers were were phenomenal. So let's see if he can keep that up. I think the one thing that makes me pause slightly on him is just how good will the wild be again this year? I think one of the things to watch is they've got that massive uh, dead cap penalty. That's really kicking in this year for Suter and Parise. I think it's almost like 15 million. So I wonder, you know, how teams can compete uh, having that much money kind of basically in dead cap and, you know, are they going to be able to add anybody significant or, or kind of keep up with the other teams in the league that are adding. So mm-hmm. I don't expect them to be a, a bad team. I just wonder like if they're going to take a slight step back again, I, I don't think that would like dissuade me from taking Gustafson, but I think I would just sort of keep that in the back of my mind when I'm drafting. Yeah, I think so too, as well. You know, I think they're going to be pretty much the same as last year. You know, I like the pieces they've added so far, Patrick Maroon, uh, Patrick Maroon adding some more, grittiness on that blue line in, in the apps, obviously uh, uh, with Ryan Reeves leaving as well. I think their blue line is pretty solid as well. You know, Brock Faber, you know, coming into the, uh, into next season, Kalen Addison, maybe not a ton of fantasy value with those two players, but as young rookies on the blue line uh, under Jared Spurgeon, under Jonas Brody, and they can learn a lot as well. And then, I, you know, I, I think I agree with everything you just said about Philip Gustafson. I think he is the one, a goalie here probably going to get 45 hopefully 50 52 games on the high end but mark you know to have a backup goaltender or have a mentor like mark andre Fleury at 25 years old and finally getting you know that again that 1a goalie starting position is going to be huge for him and this i think this is huge for the minnesota wild too because this gives more time for Jesper Wallstead as well to work his Ooh. way up into the into the lineup over the next couple of years as well so i love mm. the deal from him they avoid arbitration, obviously. And, you know, I'm a huge Minnesota Wild fan, so I'm going to stick with them. <laughs> Just let it out, Steel. I'm, I'm going to stick with them being a top three let team it out. in the Central Division. But, okay, you know, I, I know this. That. Good to know. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> well, a, I'm a huge Minnesota Wild fan. <laughs> look, just let it out, Steel, and let it be known that you're not fully feeling this take. Although, let's just also remember the sample size. This man has never actually been a number yeah. one goaltender. So, you know, I think you have been one of the proponents, Michael, of saying maybe wait a little while to see what happens in your draft. Take some of these names at the back end of your draft. Gustafson might be one of them. But let's move over to another player that obviously is going to be on the goaltending market in Jeremy Swayman. One-year deal, $3.48 million contract. The Bruins came in at $2 million. Swayman came in at four point eight. They settle here. I want to just throw it right over to you because I honestly think Swayman is the better goalie. Obviously, we're saying this in light of Allmark on a historic season. He was the Vesna winner. We're going to talk about players to fade and hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Allmark might be on my players to fade list. I think this is Jeremy Swayman's crease to take. What do you think about this whole situation and Swayman's value overall, Michael? Yeah, I actually would probably rank uh, Swayman and Allmark like pretty similar this year. Like, I think a lot of people will look at Allmark based on what he did last year and we'll want to take him first. But I, I actually think Swayman is just as valuable or, as you said, could be even more valuable. Um, I think if you look down the stretch last season, like Swayman was providing probably just as much value as Allmark was. They And they rotated just about every game. So, like, that's good. But, again, that's the I think that's the challenge when you have 
like it's great when these these goalies have these this timeshares and these one a one b situations because like you can draft different options in fantasy you can draft goalies later than you would have in, in you know years past but the downside is yeah are they going to give you 60 games probably not right mm-hmm. swayman's another guy that i think will probably be even closer to a 50 50 split than you know gushers and flurry we just talked True. about so and again the other thing with boston you know how many players have they lost, right? Like Bergeron's gone, Bertuzzi, Taylor Hall, you know, a handful of really key players, Orlov, you know, like I know they had a really great season last year, but, you know, could they be a team to take a little bit of a step back? Um, maybe that hurts his value slightly, but again. Let's hope. Think, yeah, I think it's – Let's uh, hope. I've been, I've been saying it for years. So have I. Stars, I'm tired of looking bad aging but yeah they never do last year they were just incredible so Mm -hmm. yeah it's hard to say but again i think it's it's one of those guys that you know it's going to be great value for you if you're um Mm -hmm. someone that likes taking you know like one a's one b's and kind of doing a tandem thing with with maybe three or four options on your squad steel i think you're plagued by the old mute button on this one pal I am plagued. Although I'm by sure the your old, take is fine. I am I am plagued by the old mute button. It gets me a couple of times. But I actually want your opinion on this. So who would you have ranked higher between Gustafson and Swayman heading Ooh. into next season? That's a tough one. I would probably give a slight edge to Gustafson. I I think I just because I think of all I th- I think they're so similar, but I think yes. I think Gustafson might play five to 10 more games. Yeah. A little bit more. Yeah. There you go. And honestly, at the end of it all, this is the ramp up to the fantasy hockey draft that some of these takes you analyze now so that when you see some of these things in training camp and the lead up to the season fall through, you need to be on top of it. We're going to be on top of it all, including right after the break with Mr. Michael Amato of sportsnet.ca and goaliepost.com to talk about a little bit of this Troy Terry situation and segue this Ducks conversation into players you want to target for the upcoming draft, players you might want to fade as well, and all of those in-betweens. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting on the MLB at FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to 200 bucks. That's right, just 20 bucks down, and you land 200 bucks back in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can be splashing on everything from the money line to the totals to who you think smacks that first home run, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid out instantly, There's no better place to bet on the MLB than FanDuel America's number one sports book. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to 200 bucks in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. And thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network where you can find your favorite team from all four major sports leagues, including the NCAA. So make sure you hit the subscribe, hit the follow button. It's your team every single day on the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We appreciate all of our listeners out there. We appreciate Michael for joining Mm -hmm. us once again, the goalie guru, helping us with all the fantasy insight and input for next, for this upcoming season. And, but you know, before we move on to uh, players to target players to fade, I wanted to ask you this, Michael, real quick about Troy Terry and mm-hmm. the potential arbitration that's going on with Anaheim. So Anaheim comes in at 4.5 million. Troy Terry comes in at 8 million. First part of the question is what do you think Terry actually deserves 
contract wise and, and term wise, you know, after back to back 60 plus seasons and 70, 75 games the last two years, as well as what do you believe his fantasy value will be into mm. next season as well? Well, I think, uh, you know, the thing with these arbitration cases, it just yeah. feels like a big waste of time because the team yeah. sets their <laughs> price and the player sets their price. Mm-hmm. And they just land somewhere pretty much right in the middle. Pretty much in the middle. Yep. And again, that's yep. kind of what I feel with Terry. Like I would give him something in like the mid sixes or even yeah. maybe like high sixes. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a good player. You know, like you said, the, the 60 plus points the last two seasons. He had like two seasons ago, I think he had that like incredible point streak that – Got him on yeah. the radar in a lot of fantasy yeah. leagues, um, but yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a ton of uh, I think he provides a ton of value. I, I think you know they're probably one of the more underrated lines in hockey. You know him and Zegras um, as as a duo, and I'm really interested Good to point. see who um, is going to play left wing with them. I know kind of Adam Henrique has found a little bit of a home there, yeah. but I'm curious to see if um, Alex Kalorn lands on that line because right. he actually had a couple of really productive seasons in Tampa, and I think a lot of people will look at him as going to the ducks and thinking he's going to lose value. But I think if he actually ends up in that slot, I think he'll probably be another, I think he could have another 60 point season himself. So when I think of Terry, I think of a guy that, you know, kind of elevates anybody who he plays with. So he's, he's, he's a pretty good guy to have on your roster. Absolutely love that take, but I think this is just a perfect timing and nice segue into this conversation on some players that of course, this is what we want to focus on. Some of the targets that you're looking at, Michael, and this upcoming season, young players or otherwise that you have your eye on. But I have an eye on a guy named Jamie Drysdale on this very Anaheim Ducks team. And I know, I understand they were at the bottom of the league in a number of very important categories on both the defensive and offensive side of the puck. But Jamie Drysdale, to me, he's, you know, not to make a horse joke, he's a thoroughbred. And I know that he was injured last year, but some of these pieces that they've brought in I really think this team is in line for a come up. The back end is the issue for me. And I mean, in net, I'm not going to talk about that on today's episode. We'll leave it for other episodes with you, but let me just hit you with this. Jamie Drysdale coming into last season. He's a six overall pick. He's only 21 years old. The injuries happen, of course, but in his year that he was a full season in the NHL, 81 games as a 19 year old, 32 points, What's your take very quickly on Drysdale? And then I'm very excited to pick your brain on other players you're excited for this upcoming season. Yeah, I think it's a good point about Drysdale. I think um, that's kind of a mini strategy you can use in fantasy when a player's missed a lot of time with injury the season before. Sometimes they get forgot about. And I think yes. that might be the case for Drysdale. Um, you know, I think if you're in a really deep league, he's, he could be an interesting option. He'll probably get lots of minutes, lots of opportunities on that blue Mm -hmm. line, Mm -hmm. but definitely if you're in a, in a keeper or a dynasty and you're thinking further ahead, he's definitely someone, someone to watch. I think. Thank you. Plus minus might be an issue (laughs) steel. Let me just quickly throw it over to Amato and then I'm going to let you follow up with the rest here. Cause I've been talking too much, but if there was even one or two players, Michael, let's, let's literally just keep it to your top one or two. That you're excited about. It could be a bounce back. It could be a young player. Maybe, like you just said, someone we're forgetting about. Who do you have your eyes on? And I know you're tipping your hand early here. Check out sportsnet.ca. Check out goaliepost.com and make sure you follow Michael underscore Amato on Twitter. Or sorry, that's Amato underscore Mike. My bad. But what are the couple of players that you're very excited about this upcoming draft? So I'll give you two that are a bit off the radar. Um, One of them I picked up last year off waivers down the stretch. He was phenomenal for me, and that's Owen Tippett. Uh, He had tremendous category coverage 
uh, as a forward, even, even for things like block shots, he was really good hits shots on goal goal. Like he scored a ton down the stretch. Um, and the good thing is John Tortorella really loves him. So I think he's going to get a lot of minutes for Philly. Mm. Um, don't sleep on players on, on bad teams. I think Tippett's yes. one of them. Um, yes. So if you're in a, in a multi-cat league with a lot of different categories, I think he's one um, that can uh, probably pay big dividends for you. And maybe okay. another, a little off the board, obscure one is um, speaking of players you might forgot about Jonathan Drouin. I love mm, the landing wow, spot okay. for him. Sneaky. Sneaky. He play, I think he's going to play with Rantanen and McKinnon. Um, and I yeah. think it's, it's obviously a little bit of a gamble based on, you know, he's missed a lot of time over the past few seasons, but if you got a final pick in your draft and you're looking on someone to use it on, I think I would roll the dice on him. That's definitely one of those sneaky late round draft picks. Flip and I were talking about maybe you take a chance on Jonathan Drewen because he has that chemistry. He's played before with Nathan McKinnon. So who knows? There's a couple of guys that we've talked about that have be that have rekindled. I think Mitch Marner and Max Domi as well with the uh, London Knights. So mm. we'll definitely have to. That's very intriguing and might have to uh, use one of my late draft picks for <laughs> For uh, Jonathan Druin out there, I, I won't try to snake you, Flip. I promise, I won't try to snake you. On <laughs> Sounds this like you would, but okay, <laughs> I might, I might. But the one guy that I'm really looking forward to next year, and there's a lot of fantasy value to have uh, mm. in the in the Atlantic Division. Before we move on to who are going to fade for next year, I want to talk about Dylan Cousins a little bit because I am very excited to watch Dylan next year as the second line centerman for Buffalo. I think Buffalo is going to be one of those teams that could make the the playoffs. Obviously, I did say that five of the Atlantic uh, five teams from the Atlantic division would make the postseason, but a guy 81 games last year, finally scored 31 goals, 68 points. Uh, and he's only, he was only doing that with 16 and a half minutes of average ice time. So if he can get up to 17 and a half, maybe 18 minutes, all all those other peripheral stats continue to, to impress and move up. Uh, and, and even those PIMS and the, uh, the PIMS, the banger league beauty in him, steps out a little bit. So I'm very excited for Dylan Cousins. That's just the one guy I'm looking forward to drafting next year. What do you think about that one, Michael? Yeah, I like Cousins a lot too. I think key for him, um, he got a lot of power play one time last year. So even though he was on that second unit, um, he got that time, which really helped him. And I think um, you mentioned Buffalo. I think they could be kind of this year's New Jersey. How New Jersey last year kind of went yes. from yes. kind of not non-playoffs to like a 100-point team. I think mm. the Sabres could potentially be that team. They're loaded, obviously, with young talent. Yeah. We have been saying that, I think, at length on this <laughs> podcast. You're mentioning a couple of these takes as well as, and I, this is what I want to finish at for this segment, and I'm going to leave it to Steele now because I really have been talking too much. The point that you made about harvesting some of these bad teams for good fantasy value. These are the opportunities and angles that astute fantasy GMs look to. And I guarantee you, when you look up at the top of those standings at the end of the year, there are a couple of absolute gems that a GM has taken off a bad team that you went, wow, I didn't even think about that. So open your eyes, open those ear holes, make sure you're following <laughs> Michael Amato on Twitter. Make sure you're tapping into this podcast every single day. Steel, take us away. And we're headed into segment three here, players to fade. We got to thank everyone out there for tuning in every mm. single day. Thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Once again, we are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find your favorite team from all four major sports leagues, including the NCAA, your team, every single day. We appreciate all the love and support you show us every single day out there. Mm -hmm. Continuing the conversation, though, players to fade now for the upcoming draft. 
Yeah. Uh, I'll just throw it over to Michael because we Please. want his input right away. Michael, yep. who are a couple, one or two players that you think are going to fall down the draft board and might want to stay away from in this upcoming year? So I'm always cautious of anybody that just had like a crazy historical, almost unreplicable season. And, okay. you know, a couple of those players like, and it's not that I would avoid, avoid them entirely. It's just, I'd be very cautious about where you draft them. Yeah. And obviously I'll, I'll talk a little bit about like Eric Carlson, who I think is phenomenal, had a great year, but to me, the odds of, you know, him getting a hundred points again, yep. seem really slim. And I could see a lot of people in your league probably wanting to draft him in the first couple rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I probably grade him as more of like a fourth or fifth round pick just based on, you know, my, my thought that he's going to regress a little bit just naturally. Um, there are a couple, I think we mentioned Allmark earlier. Like that's another yeah. good example of a guy yes, that had like an sure. incredible season. Um, again, you know, the odds of him, him duplicating that with some of the players, the Bruins have lost seems slim. So, yep. you know, you're not going to probably want to take him over, you know, like a, a Vasilevsky or a Shesterkin or, or an Ottinger even, um, you're going to want to slot him appropriately. Obviously if, mm-hmm. you know, he's still sitting there after a while, you, you, there's nothing wrong with grabbing him, but yeah, I think just be cautious. Another guy would be like Jamie Ben to me. Yes. I think he had a great season last Definitely. year, but kind of came out of the blue. It's those seasons that really come out of the blue, right? That you just want to want to be very cautious of. I'll give you one yep. more name that I'm kind of please. I think he's I think he's going to have a decent season, but I think he'll slide a bit. And that's um, Andre Kuzmenko. I think if Ooh. I think he had like a twenty over twenty seven percent shooting mm-hmm. percentage, which was mm-hmm. unbelievable. Huge. Yeah. Almost got forty goals. I think he's probably more of like a thirty goal scorer. So. Yeah. drafting that guy thinking you know he's going to be like an 80 point player i think you might be a little bit disappointed but i think he's more of like a 30 goal 60 point kind of guy but yeah i think there's a few players like that again it's not like avoid them entirely it's just make sure you're slotting them in appropriately and for what they're probably going to get not, not not basing everything on last year's numbers and and real quick before i throw it back over to flip because you're the goalie guru you're the guy to go to when we talk about goalies i Goal- want your opinion on Jakob markstrom as well because we saw last year he went really high i believe he went in the first round in our, uh, in our fantasy hockey league. Uh, Whoa. and yeah, he went really high and his ADP. I can't, I, I don't know what his ADP was. It was high, yeah, but it was very high. And that's one of the goalies that obviously a very tough season overall for Calgary. It's probably going to be a tough year again, um, heading into next season. But where do you think a guy like Jakob Markstrom lands after really just a, an abysmal season and very tough season to watch? Mm. I think he'll probably go a lot lower than last year, obviously. Um, yeah. Maybe he's just inside like the top 20 now in goalies you might want to grab. I think the interesting thing about Calgary is new coach, obviously. And yeah, yeah. like Daryl Sutter was very loyal to Markstrom, kept rolling him out there even when he was struggling all the time. Yeah, too loyal. Um, too loyal. Yeah. So I don't know if he's going to get that same that same opportunity with mm-hmm. uh, Huska there. He might have a bit of a shorter leash. Yeah. I think the thing to watch there is – you know, they have Dustin Wolf, who's been yeah. uh, incredible in the yeah. AHL. So I wonder sure. if they're thinking of maybe moving Bladar this summer to pave the way for him, because I'm not sure it makes sense to send Wolf back for another season in the AHL. So mm-hmm. maybe if Wolf can push Marcher a bit, that might eat into a little bit of his starts. But we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I definitely I definitely would not be taking Markstrom as high as last year, that's for sure wholeheartedly agree. And let me just hit you with this because three players popped to my mind right away. Linus Allmark was one. So we've covered that. The second one was Ryan Nugent Hopkins, 104 points. And I understand that he got, I believe, 
over 40 of those on the power play, 16 or so goals. You know, I think it was something like here. I got it open right here. 38 power play assists last year. So this is where I'm a little bit concerned with my prediction because we know that that power play is likely to go off once again. But I don't think I'm ready to trudge him out there as a 104-point man that I'm willing to take. Look, how many players had 100-plus points last year in the NHL? I guarantee you it was actually less than 20. So I'm not comfortable taking him up there in that first 20 players. I would actually like to take him maybe in the fourth or fifth round. But I could see a lot of GMs going out there and taking him early because of the Oilers angle, because of the power play, and because of his historically good season. So that was number two of the fade. And I want to finish it with this. And I'll let you, I'll turn it back over to you, Michael, for that take. And I'm a little bit worried about my boy, Johnny T in Toronto. And I know he's been nothing but an absolute stud (laughs) when it comes to actual point production since he joined this team. And I'm usually not here for the John Tavares slander because he brings so much more to the ice than the fantasy value. But the foot speed, some of the games, he's been very durable. He's had major injuries. I'm a little bit concerned about the quality of what you're going to see from Johnny T this year. So Ryan Nugent Hopkins and John Tavares, because also let's look, 80 points for Johnny T. A lot of GMs will be looking at him in high rounds. What do you think about those two takes there, Michael? Yeah, I think, so I'll, I'll try to play devil's advocate because Please. I think a lot of what you're saying is accurate. Like, it's good logic and it makes sense. I'll take that. But, so, like, oh. for example, I have a lot of the same concerns about Ryan Nugent Hopkins, just quickly. Mm-hmm. But then I think to myself, I don't see that Oilers power play slowing down too much. And I don't right. see any right. reason why true. True. they're not just going to do that again. But, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. said, there's I think there is significant risk with taking Nugent Hopkins yeah. too high um because he was i mean he's a good player but he was definitely propped yeah. up by like mcdavid and dry settle but at the same right. time like they prop everybody up right like if if connor hey, brown plays with it. mcdavid i love connor that's brown it. as a late round pick this year for that yep. reason so i think yeah it's good logic there but i think the oilers are one of those teams where like if somebody is on that power play like you're going to want to have them so like True. maybe even if nugent hopkins regresses a bit is he still like an 80 85 point player I don't think you're going to be like Probably. too crushed by taking him. But sure. yeah, I agree with you. I don't think I would take him in the first two rounds. Yeah. But if he's sitting there a little bit later, definitely. Like it. Um, Tavares. Yeah. Yeah. So Tavares, again. Here we go. Makes total sense to me. Um, Uh-oh. Definitely going to slow down foot speed. What I will <laughs> say is I don't think he's the guy that really relies on speed a lot to get a lot of his points. He does he's, a good point. He's good really point. good around the net. Yeah. That said, is he going to have the foot speed to get into those positions again? I wonder if. He gets helped by, you know, he might have a better line mate this year with Nylander and maybe it's Matt Nyes. Do they play Matty Domi nice. there? They did hey. play pretty good in the playoffs. Yeah. Hey. Does Bertuzzi go down there at some point? Like, hey. I think he might have a better maybe. a better uh, second line mate there. Good so, point. But yeah, he he's, I mean, he's north of 30. He's clearly, we can all see he's slowing down a bit. So yeah, that yeah. is a legitimate concern. Appreciate that, Steele. Take us away, brother. It is a legitimate concern. I was going to bring up, you know, as you guys were talking about the Oilers, I was going to bring up Connor Brown because I saw your tweet the other day. I'm always looking out for what you're tweeting, Michael, because you got some great. Good idea. Good idea. Make sure you're following Michael on Twitter all the time. Mm -hmm. Fantasy hockey insight guru, goalie guru. We love having him on here. So thank you so much, Michael, for joining us. And thank you guys so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Again, make sure you're tuning in Monday, Wednesday, Friday, going down to three episodes per week in the month of August, but then we're ramping back up to start September when hockey season is upon us. 
And again, thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode with Flip and I and our special guest, Michael Amato. Have a great day. Good luck with all your summer bets out there. And we shall see you back here again on Friday. Peace.